And I just made this pact with myself that I was going to live my life in a different way. I I was going to use the time that I do have uh, in a different way. And it gave me something. I think it gave me a sense also that I was not alone, that I was actually really being guided and supported. I hadn't totally felt that, not to that extent, before then. Hello, and welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast. My name is Tina Conroy. I am so grateful you are here. As a professional intuitive medium, Reiki master, and yoga teacher, my intention is to explore intuition so you can gain clarity, confidence, and trust in your inner wisdom. I honor your spiritual growth. Thank you for listening. This episode is sponsored by my March Practice Circle with myself and good friend, psychic medium, Roy Tomko. The Practice Circle in March will be a psychic circle on Monday evening and a mediumship circle on Thursday evening, 7 to 8.30 p.m. The dates on Monday evening will be March 7th, 14th, 21st, and 28th. The dates for Thursday mediumship circle will be March 10th, 17th, 24th, and 31st. You can do both or one or the other. All the information will be below. To do both, it's $140 and each is $80. We would love to have you there to practice your skills and to be in a like-minded community. Today on the podcast, I have the pleasure of speaking with Melissa White. Melissa White is a professional psychic medium and teacher. She works with reverence for spirit to uplift, inspire, and help others to find healing and their own soul's truth. Melissa's training includes four years of extensive mentorship with the wonderful British medium, Tony Stockwell. She's been a student at the prestigious Arthur Finley College in England and has also traveled to Ireland and the United States to teach about spirit communication and developing the psychic faculties. Over the years, Melissa has read for thousands of clients in a one-to-one setting, as well as in groups and large demonstrations. She hosts group retreats along with workshops to assist others in tapping into the love of spirit. She is the host of the Spirit Room podcast and continues to seek new and creative ways to express what's in her soul. Melissa is on a mission to help others create a true relationship with spirit and in doing so, bringing hope and healing to as many hearts as she possibly can. I love her quote, faith is seeing light with the heart when all the eyes can see is darkness. I just love this conversation with Melissa. I also had the opportunity of being on her podcast at the Spirit Room, and I will link that below and all her offerings. She has a beautiful offering coming up in March. Melissa is a beautiful, light-hearted soul, and she does so much in this world. We are kindred spirits. I know you will enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. Namaste. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast. I am so thrilled to have you here today. Hi, Tina. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. I had an absolute honor of being on your podcast. I'll definitely put the link in the show notes. And I'm delighted to share you with my listeners. 
yeah, no, it was a great conversation and I had so much fun. So it's nice to be able to do it again. Thank you. You're welcome. So let's go back a little bit. I would love to share your origin story, actually before your origin story of how you grew up. So if you grew up spiritual, religious, or both. So take us back to when you were a little girl. Sure. Well, I wouldn't say that my family, like my mom and my dad were religious, but they had grown up with a Catholic faith, both of them. And I think they really wanted that for me. They didn't necessarily want to participate in it themselves, but they did kind of want to expose me to it. So my grandfather used to take me to church when I was a little girl. And those are some of my most cherished memories with him. He's in spirit now, but that was that was beautiful. I I really enjoyed going to church with him. I loved when they would start to sing to me that I, I know that I was feeling the presence of God angels at the time. I don't know if I really recognized exactly what that was, but it was beautiful. Um, and so, you know, they had those, they had those beliefs instilled in them, but it wasn't necessarily that was, it wasn't rigid for, for me, but it was definitely something that I was exposed to. I love that feeling about church because I was brought up similarly with church and then Catholic school, but I, I never thought about it in that way. When I would go to church, I felt peaceful and I, I just felt surrounded. I, mm-hmm. I, I actually, as I'm thinking about it now, I don't think I had those words, but mm-hmm. I felt surrounded. I felt safe and it felt really good. And even if I walked into a church today, I would have mm-hmm. that sacred space, that sacred feeling, you know, that connection. Totally. And it's beautiful. I think the ceremony of things and the smell of the church and just everything about it felt so beautiful to me. And even now, like I would love to go just um, sit in a church and just do my prayers. But I almost feel like because of, you know, my beliefs, you know, as I am now in my you know, adult life have, have changed, you know, somewhat. And um, I wouldn't feel necessarily that comfortable to do it now, but I would love to just sometimes go sneak in there and just do my prayers. You know, it's beautiful. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. take us through. So that was when you were younger and Mm -hmm. um, where are you, where are you calling in from? I actually would love to share with the listeners. Where are you in the world? Mm -hmm. So I'm just uh, outside of Vancouver in Canada. So not too far away from, yeah, from Vancouver. And have you always lived there? Have you traveled a lot as a child or you've always lived in that area? Uh, mostly always lived in this area. When I was a young, young adult, I worked as a flight attendant for an airline and I moved to Calgary for, for that job for some time, but came back. So mostly been here. Love it. Love it. It's always, it's on my bucket list for me to go. I've never been to many parts of Canada, only the very like tip of Canada where my son, you know, of course, Niagara Falls, mm, he swam. Okay. And, and mm-hmm. so we were able to do that, but I, I really want to really explore. There's so much to explore. And so I, and I do have a lot of listeners um, from Canada, which is interesting where you can see the geographic yeah. map. It's really interesting. So it's, it's so lovely to connect today. Yeah. So as we kind of go through that, what kind of, you know, obviously we're going through this origin story and what brought you to where you are today. So moving through like your teens and so forth, what, if you look back, was there any things that happened or anything, or even before that, that kind of brought you to the work that you do now, or did you experience anything unusual? 
Hmm. Yeah, I think looking back, I can I can pinpoint a few things. Um, certainly when I was in school, especially like kindergarten, I was very, very shy, painfully shy and very worried about getting anything wrong in school. Like I had this very intense need to, you know, it was a very perfectionist type need. So there was a lot of anxiety. I used to sit in class and in Canada, you know, our, our other official language is French. And so when I was a kid and going into school, they started this uh, program called French immersion. So basically you start in kindergarten and you go and you learn only really in French for the first couple of years of your school. And then um, you go into, you know, having classes in English and French later. And so I was enrolled in French immersion and the teacher would hold up these flashcards with pictures, images on them, like an apple, a bike, whatever. And we would just have to say what the word is in French. And I remember being so stressed every time that she was going to call on me thinking that I wouldn't know the answer. So I remember sitting there and actually what would start to happen is I would hear the word in my mind before she would even like, she'd pulled up the card and I would hear the answer. And I started to notice that every time I heard it, it was correct. And so I feel like looking back now, that was my guides really working with me, almost giving me a little bit of confidence. Like if she comes to you, here's the word, you'll know it, you'll have the answer. And so that I can remember that. I didn't know that that's what it was at the time, but also as a teenager, some things would happen with um, like experiences that I would see objects move in front of my eyes on their own. And I started to think maybe there was something a little bit wrong with me, or maybe I was just hallucinating, imagining things, but I knew that I wasn't. So I would, I would have experiences like that. And really, you know, the, the hugest um, opening was when I was a little bit older and had the, the near death experience. I know. And I definitely want to talk about that. I want to go back to the moving things because (laughs) when, when you interviewed me on your podcast, we Mm -hmm. had a lot of similarities and we have another similarity, which we may have covered, but I don't remember Mm -hmm. that I thought that I could move things with my mind, but I also did see things move in my room, in my bedroom. So not, this was more the radio dial and things like that, Mm -hmm. the TV turning on and off. So it wasn't actual like you know, something moving across the room, yeah. but you actually saw objects moving. Yes. Not all the time, but this one time in particular, I remember I went with my boyfriend at the time and we were babysitting his, I guess that's his godson or his, it was like his cousin, basically. I had known like when I was I first started dating my boyfriend, he had told me that he, he had this Um, his godfather who had just passed away, like just before we got together. And every time he talked about him, I felt such a sense of, I don't know what, it just felt I could feel the pain in that loss for him because that was his, basically his father figure. He didn't have a dad in his life. And I could feel that I look back now and I realize it was like the spirit of his godfather really, really closely connecting with me. So it almost made me teary-eyed every time he would talk about, you know, his his godfather who passed. Anyways, we were we went to babysit basically this godfather's son. He was just little at the time. So the, the godfather passed away. I remember we were we were playing with him and having fun and playing soccer in the backyard. 
And I came into the kitchen for some reason. Now, this is obviously going to date me because there was literally a phone on the wall, like an actual <laughs> physical, physical phone that's not like exactly. cell phone. We did not have cell phones actually at this time. I was thinking about this man. His name's Mac. And I was just, I was just thinking about, oh, I bet you he'd be so happy that we're here and we're having so much fun with his son. And I looked out of the corner of my eye and the phone on the wall, the cord, the little like cord that's like that spiral cord, literally moved up and away from the wall for a second. And went back down, like as if somebody just like lifted it and dropped it, put it back. Wow. And I was just blown away. And I thought, am I, am I losing it? Like, what is this? But I knew, I knew that it happened. I saw it with my own eyes and I knew, I think I knew it was him, but it just, it wasn't something I could put, it, explain or put into words. I think I tried to tell my boyfriend, he was like, mm-hmm. Like he didn't really, I don't think he really got, got it, but it was so interesting to me. Like that, that was the first time I remember seeing something like that. Wow. That's so cool. I know we can look back on experiences now and realize them, but in the moment we just would think they're strange or we made it up or we, we knew it happened. Like you knew that happened, but you may not have known it was connected to spear communication, even though you did at that moment, you actually knew that it was spear communication, but maybe not to the depth that you know no. now. Right? But I, I realize now too that it was probably his way too of just being like, yes, of course, I am here. You know, I, right. I see you. Um, but no, I didn't realize the full extent of what that actually was about. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that leads us to um sharing. I know um at 23 you had you experienced a near-death experience. Would you share that with the listeners. Sure. It's a bit of a long story, so I hope it's okay. I'll just, I'll yeah. just let no, you. No, I think my listeners, my listeners really love the stories like this. I get a lot mm-hmm. of feedback and, and feel free to share whatever you, what's right. on your heart. Right. Well, it, it was a week after I had my son. So, you know, I was very like young, new mom and, um, just, you know, just getting through that first week. And I remember it was the first time I'd taken him out by myself. We went out in the afternoon, got him ready. It was a big ordeal, just getting out of the house. And we went to the drugstore and I had to pick up a few things and I was just shopping a little bit. And all of a sudden I stopped in the middle of the aisle and I was in the most excruciating pain, like worse than labor. I had just given birth, right? So it was like intense and I couldn't move. I couldn't walk. I just had to just stand there and it passed after a few minutes, but I was panicking, panicking, um, dropped everything, got my son, went home and just basically was like, what was that? Um, and thought, okay, maybe, you know, maybe it'll, maybe it'll be, be okay. Um, it happened again and again over the course of the next couple of days. Like it would be like an attack, this feeling that would just be so excruciating in my abdominal area. And uh, basically to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything when it was happening. So it was giving me a lot of anxiety. I did end up going to the emergency room. They basically, I think, kind of blew me off because I had just given birth and they thought maybe I was, you know, 
being maybe overly dramatic. I don't know, but I wasn't really, nothing was really investigated. I don't think like as, as much as it could have been. Um, and they would send me, they would give me like painkillers and send me on my way. So I would just go home. And of course the painkillers, yeah, I felt fine, you know, when I took that. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't a solution and it wasn't getting to the bottom of what it was. So, um, I had then seen like, uh, a doctor sent me to a specialist even got me in to see a specialist like the specialist basically said oh I think maybe you have like a an infection of some kind um gave me some antibiotics and she basically said if it's still continuing after these antibiotics like get yourself to the emergency room and I thought okay that's what I've been doing but all right I knew something was very wrong and it's extremely difficult even when I look back because you're already so anxious because you've got this brand new baby. I already felt also, I was struggling with breastfeeding. I had an infection, uh, mastitis with that. So I did have a fever and things and I wasn't feeling the greatest to begin with. Plus you're sleep deprived. Um, so there was a lot going on hormonally, everything. And I just felt like I couldn't get any answers and I was just basically in this nightmare, like trying to take care of my son while at the same time going through this physical pain. And so it happened where one afternoon my mom ended up coming by my house and she, I don't even think she, I knew she was coming. Um, and I always lock, you know, you just have the door locked when I'm at home uh, by myself, but for whatever reason, it was open and she walked in, she came in, I was laying on the couch. She said, she looked at me and I was just white, like white, 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 um, kind of half asleep, half awake, kind of out of it. My son was in his little bassinet sleeping beside me, but she said she took one look at me and she was like, we have to go. Like she said, I, I actually looked like dead, you know, like did not look, did not mm. look, it scared her. So she packed us up. She took us to a different hospital farther away from where we lived, like about 45 minutes away, just because it was a bigger hospital. And she felt like maybe we would get some help. So we went there, they took some kind of blood work, something within minutes, I was being rolled into emergency surgery, exploratory surgery. So we didn't even know what they were looking for or what they were doing and just basically going into that surgery I didn't know I felt like I was gonna die like I had said to one of the doctors like I feel like I'm dying and so leaving my little like one week old baby and not knowing if I was gonna be okay like not knowing if I was gonna get to see him again so I was distraught I was panicking I was very very scared and I was just laying in the, in the, in the bed waiting to go under. And I remember just praying, praying to God and saying, please, like, I have to raise my son. I need to be here to raise him. Please just let me be okay. And I had this experience where my dad's parents, my grandma and grandpa basically came on either side of the bed. And I didn't see them, like see them with my physical eyes, but I felt them and I knew it was them. And basically they gave me this message about like, I needed to be peaceful and calm and just breathe because I was going to be okay, had to have the surgery and that 
um, I would be able to raise my son. You know, I was going to have that experience, but I need to just calm down. (laughs) And so that was profound. I felt extremely comforted and I felt like, okay, I can go into the surgery with a bit more peace. So that was really, really profound for me. Um, When I woke up from the surgery, the surgeon told me that my appendix had actually ruptured and that there was so much poison in my, you know, in my body, um, they almost had to take out a part of my colon. Mm. And basically I wouldn't have had 24 more hours. Like it was down to, that's how close it was. And I, my response, well, I just laughed. Like, I, I think I was in so much shock and I was just so, I was so flabbergasted. Like I just couldn't believe that all of this had happened. And so I was like, okay, I had, it took me, it took me, I think a week after that in the hospital. And that was actually one of the hardest times in my life because I was away from my newborn. Um, I couldn't do anything for myself. I remember I, I like this might be too much information, but I had to go just, you know, trying to walk to get to the bathroom. And that was difficult. Um, and I remember just being in the bathroom, sitting there and crying and being like, this is so hard. I can't mm-hmm. even do anything for myself. How am I going to take care of this brand new newborn baby? And so I had a lot of guilt because of course I was away from him. And I thought, is he going to know me? Is he going to remember me? Like, is he going to feel that I abandoned him at birth? You know, all mm-hmm. of these things. Right. And it was, it was, that was so hard. Um, but then I got to go home when I went home, um, I started to see my life in a very different way. So I actually realized I, I knew I was here. Obviously, we're all here for a purpose, but I felt like I really understood this. This life is not to be wasted. And so I saw relationships in my life that needed to change. I felt extremely empowered. And so I think being that close to passing really did open the door spiritually. I still didn't realize I was a medium, but I certainly, it, it was a spiritual experience. That's for sure. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's so, we're so glad you're here because you're <laughs> such a light worker. You touch so many souls and, and you teach as well. And all well, the beautiful work that you do. It's so interesting when you hear someone that's had a near-death experience and they're all very similar, but different mm-hmm. that, to come away with a change of perspective. And you were so young. I mean, you were 23. You were like me. I was very young when I had children as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it happens much later in life. So, mm-hmm. so at that point now you're home recuperating and was it a slow progression of looking at, did you see things? It, it almost, I'm getting this image, Melissa, I'm going to share it with you. It almost feels like you know, in the wizard of Oz where it's black and white. And then all of a sudden it's technicolor. Dorothy's walking through. It's like, I just got that image. Like spirit just gave that to me for you. Like that it it was one way. And then you saw things so differently. And then, well, then, you know, I'm sure things slowly had to change, but was it like that? Like everything was brighter, cleaner, clearer, all that. It was. And it just became so obvious to me, the areas where I had been disempowered. And I just made this pact with myself that I was going to live my life in a different way. I, I was going to like use, use the time that I do have uh, in a different way. 
And it was just, it gave me something. I think it gave me a sense also that I was not alone, that I was actually really um, being guided and supported. And I hadn't really felt, I hadn't totally felt that, not to that extent before then. So yeah, it was, a, and it did take, it did take some time to implement all the changes that I needed to make. You know, I, I, um, I think that took a while, but the actual realization was instant. Wow. So at that point, you're, you're now making some big changes, big shifts. Yeah. When did you start your development in a way that, you know, either started doing readings or meditation or, you know, some mm-hmm. people find their first deck of tarot or angel cards? Like how did that develop from there? From there, um, it was years later, actually, because it was right after I had my daughter. So there's seven years between my son and my daughter. And when I had my daughter, um, a bunch of traumatic events happened after her birth too. So um, my husband at the time got into a very serious car accident to the point where he couldn't, he couldn't work. So serious back and neck injury. Um, He was the main sort of uh, breadwinner at that time. So here we were with, you know, a new, another, a new newborn baby, um, and no income really, you know, so, so that was, that was extremely stressful. Um, then something else happened. Our house flooded. So we need to move with our newborn baby for like six weeks. It was just one thing after the other of just like, just seemed like a chaotic mess. And so I, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a dark night of the soul. Like I think I was really seeking something, um, and super, super anxious and stressed. So I went, I stumbled upon a meditation night, which actually turned out to be a psychic development type circle. Um, (laughs) in disguise. (laughs) So I showed up and I was like, Oh, like, I didn't know this is what we were doing, but okay. And I'd never meditated on purpose before. So I did that. And I had the most amazing, beautiful experience. It was so, so incredible what I felt and what I saw. And I felt like, Oh, this is, this is the reason I'm here. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to experience this feeling. And the lady that was running, it was just kind of laughing. And she said, Oh, I, I don't really know how you've gone this far in your life without recognizing this, but she's like, you, you are a medium. And I just kind of thought, Oh, like it made sense to me, but it also, I I really hadn't been aware of that. You know, I, I knew I was a sensitive person, knew I had some kind of like psychic ability maybe, but I really didn't know to what extent. And so I just kept going. I I kept going every week to this development circle because I loved it. Um, I, I meditated there. And I also, during the exercises, I would start receiving information. And when the, the, my partner would tell me it was correct, or they would start crying, it just blew me away. And I thought, Oh, like I just basically started to just prove it to myself every week that it is real. I'm not crazy. I'm not making it up. And after about a year uh, of doing that, and then intensively, like every day, I was very disciplined with my own um, spiritual practice on my own at home. Um, Basically, people started just asking, oh, could you read for my mom? Or do you think you could read for my friend from class? You know, so I, I would do it. And 
basically I did one reading for um, my hairstylist, her, her coworker at the time. And it was, it was looking back, I'm like, that was such a phenomenal experience for both of us. It was just really pivotal for us both. She was an amazing sitter. And also her, there was a need, there was a real big need for her spirit people to come. So the, that combination was just pretty phenomenal. So she told everybody and basically <laughs> after that, um, it was like a month within a month I had booked like a solid full time. Like I had enough reading to just do this. And it wasn't that I intended for it to be my career, but it sort of worked out that way. And I just thought, okay, I love, I love what I'm doing here. It feels so good to be able to connect. And it also, to be honest, it really was a saving grace. They, they had my back because that was a time in my life where I needed to support our family. And I did for years. So that was, that was pretty huge. That's amazing. I, I always say that spirit, you know, we just kind of follow the breadcrumbs and spirit really puts us or keeps us or puts us in the places that we need to be and really having your back on, you know, going to the classes and then developing and then without really, you know, you're saying going for it, it, all of a sudden you have clients and there you are, you need to support your family and you're going through a very difficult, challenging time. I mean, mm. it's, it's interesting. It's just, it always, we can look back and reflect. I can even think to myself that spirits never really let me down. There's been places, there's been, I've been put in situations and put in places that I wish I hadn't been in, mm-hmm. but they've always had a plan. Yeah. <laughs> they have a plan for sure. That's spirit it. guide, spirit team. I call it like my spirit team. They really do have a plan and it's just keep trusting it, which is really can be challenging and hard. Definitely. Yeah. I, I so agree. And even at that time, I think after I'd been going for a few months to that circle, my mom actually had uh, a stroke and I was the one that was like with her and calling the ambulance, calling 911 and dealing with all of that. And we didn't know if she had, we didn't know she was also misdiagnosed. So there was a big, a huge story with that. But the bottom line was because I had made this connection with spirit and I felt they were with me and my friends and like I could count on them. I feel like I was able to deal with that whole thing in such a different way than I might have prior. and also when I missed circle, everyone was like, Oh, is she okay? Like what's going on? Cause I would never miss. And I came back the following week. I sat down, I closed my eyes to do the meditation. And it felt like there was like a thousand spirit people that just came in, like zoomed in so close to me. And I felt so supported. Like they're like, we've been with you this whole time. Like we're happy you're back. And it just touched my heart. I thought, Oh, like how amazing to live life and know that they're, they're really there for you. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. So I have to ask you, um, you mentored for four years with Tony Stockwell. So how mm-hmm. did that come about? And and then I do want to speak about, uh, you know, of course, Arthur Finley College, because to me, that's, you know, would be a dream come true going to Hogwarts mm-hmm. <laughs> in the UK. So yeah. how did those two things happen? I don't know if they happened together and you went there to train, you know, how it worked. Right. Well, after I'd been working about a year full time, you know, like just just doing this to doing the readings. Um, I happened to be on Google. Now do not ask me what I even Googled or what I was looking for. You know, when you're just some, I don't know, I just was just browsing and I somehow, I must've looked up mediumship or something. And 
I can't, I saw this advertisement for a retreat that was going to be close to me, like not too far, like, you know, a little bit of travel, but not too far. And it was upcoming in, you know, the next six months or something. And I read about it and I thought, oh, I have to go. Like, this is something that really, really called to me. And so I just signed up. I just did it. I signed up to go. And of course it was, you know, he's the um, facilitator. And so I started to then read some of his books because I thought, oh, I'd like to get to know, you know, like who this person is. And I read and I just felt so connected to the things that he was saying about mediumship and his experiences with mediumship. And so it really, there felt, it felt like there was a good um, foundation, you know, like I could, I could really learn something um, from this person. So I went, now it was the first time I left my kids ever. And it was a big thing. I went sort of like on my own, I wasn't going to know anybody. And I also felt like, who am I? Like, I really didn't know um, some of the people that showed up there have been doing it for like 25 years, you know? So I felt kind of out of place at first. I'm like, should I really be here? Like, is this really, like, am I, am I, am I good enough to be here? And what was interesting is that over the course of those, I guess it was about five days or six days, um, I, I learned a ton, but also it was like, the the connection um, that he has, and I really see this with um, students that that um, he teaches, that he's able to see um, what each individual person actually needs, and there is a sense that I feel like he is able to provide that. You know, like there's such a um, there's such a lightheartedness to it, but there's also this feeling of support and non. Um, I don't know, like an understanding actually of, of what it's like to actually be a developing medium, you know? So I felt very safe and I felt very understood. I felt very seen. And so um, it was just phenomenal. It was the first time I'd seen a trance demonstration where he actually was um, allowing for some uh, transfiguration to occur. And so that actually was mind-blowing to me that completely changed my life because you're sitting there observing and everyone's seeing the same thing the same changes on his face and it was like every few seconds a new spirit person's face overshadowed on his face and so it was wild like it would absolutely opened the door for so much for me um and then just some of the things I got a chance to talk to him and I'm super, I'm, I'm not um, an extroverted person in that way. I don't uh, seek out those types of conversations with people. I'm more like, I go, I do my work, I observe, I learn as much as I can, but I'm not one of those people that's constantly like, I don't know, trying to talk to the teacher, you know, it's just not my way. And um he came to talk to me one time and he just, some of the things that he told me about my potential and all of this stuff, it just had me feeling like, oh, if this person sees that in me, like maybe I could start to see that in me. So it was very, very pivotal for me. It was super, super important that that occurred. And so I left feeling super empowered. I felt like, oh, like all of these things I had worried about or these things that I thought maybe I was doing wrong, you know, in my mediumship, actually, like, it's all good, you know, so it was really, really helpful. And so I made some good friendships on that, that retreat as well. 
And I went out into the world and I continued my work. And then I noticed he was doing a mentorship program online, which I thought, perfect. This is great because obviously he's in the UK. Um, but it was for Australia. It was like mostly Australian students. So with the time difference for me, it ended up, I signed up, but like my classes were sometimes two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, my time. Oh. But I didn't care. I was so eager yeah, to you would get up. I don't know. You probably were like, I'm ready. <laughs> so I did it. I did that. That was for like a year. And then there was like a two year long one that was mostly with people from um, the, the US. And that was phenomenal. And I met my like my sole best friend in that class. So we're forever grateful for that. Um, but really, you know, and then there was another another year of mentorship. And there was also actually a year of teaching, like a teaching mentorship as well. So all I can say is that those experiences, the support, and just the sense that, um, you know, you have to find the mentor that really resonates for you. And he's just always been that person for me. So I can't say enough about it. It was pivotal and so helpful for me in my development. Yeah. I, um, I obviously adore him. I think he's wonderful. I had an opportunity not that long ago, maybe a month or month ago Mm -hmm. to witness him in trance. He was doing a class with Lauren Rainbow Mm -hmm. and I signed up for the class. And at the end of the class, it was, he demonstrated it online. So I didn't Mm -hmm. get to the full effect. It was a little Mm -hmm. challenging, but I, I'm, it just amazes me. All his work amazes me. And I like his, his really down to earth approach. Right. Very. I don't know there's something about him with, with, with it that he, he doesn't come up like egotistical. He yeah. doesn't, he comes off very down to earth. Yeah. And I just love that, you know, cause that's what's important. I mean, I think this, what we do is not easy. You know, I think sometimes I'm like, this is not easy. And I'm, you know, recovering perfectionist. And that's a very hard thing to do as a medium because you're constantly can be beating yourself up. And even in my students, it's like trust, 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 but he's makes it simple and he makes it easy and he's supportive and he's, he, he makes you feel safe, which is really, really good. Totally. And I would even say on the mediumship front, you know, cause he's a phenomenal teacher, but this, the mediumship that I've seen demonstrated, like he, in my opinion, has the best blend of uh, evidence, but also this heartfelt, loving, extremely um, emotional component to it too. Like he can have both. And I think that is so rare to see such a, a balance in someone. So I've, I've always admired that and felt like, oh, that's such a, that's such a um, inspiration. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to have, obviously, evidential is so important, yeah. but it's also important. You know, I always remember thinking to myself, like, as much as evidential is important, we need it. If you have too much of it, you're you're losing that clairsentient, that feeling, the mm-hmm. memories, the the yeah. thing, the continuity of life, you know, all of those things. And I and I think that's what that's what he teaches and he does, which is so beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. Um so was that part of, and I know I just want to talk about, um, you did go to Arthur Finley College. So was that after yeah. all of that or kind of in between all those periods of mentoring? Yeah, it was during. Okay. Um, I ended up going, I guess 2017. So a few years ago. And um, I went for a course called The Spiritual Medium. And it the course organizer was Kitty Wood, and she's from, I think she's from the Netherlands, Um, but amazing, amazing 
uh, tutor and I was actually in her class. So that was really, really wonderful to experience. And then um, there was also Eileen Davies on that course and Andrew Manship and I believe one other, but you basically go and you have one tutor that's basically for your group. And then every every so often you kind of have access to some of the other tutors in that course, but you mostly have the one main one. So Kitty was mine. Um, but it was, again, it was an adventure. You know, this is something I did on my own, not knowing, you know, what to expect or really what was going to happen. But um, it is, it is intense because, you know, these are like 12 hour days or even 13 hour days and you're immersed, you're, you're in this, place altogether. It's filled with mediums from all over the world. Um, I met some really amazing friends, um, some from England, some from Ireland, South Africa. Um, there's a lady from Germany. There's a guy from New Zealand in my class, just all over the world. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty phenomenal. The energy is, is absolutely incredible. You could, it's palpable. You could feel it. The rich history of the, you know, the land, the rich history of this, you know, home basically that is now dedicated for, you know, these, this college. Um, and it just, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty incredible. I was absolutely exhausted by the end of it. By the time the seven days were done, I was so done, ready to, you know, ready to come home. Cause it is a lot of energy, a lot of energy. Um, but we had amazing, uh, trance demonstrations. Eileen Davies did one that was just phenomenal where she was doing trance speaking, which was mind blowing. Um, and just some of the, yeah, some of the exercises just very, very helpful in helping you to work in different ways and, and all of that. So I, I loved it. I, my favorite part was sitting in the morning, you would go into the sanctuary and basically do like, a either like a meditation or there'd be like a, an inspirational talk or something like that. And that was pretty much my favorite. I loved that. Oh, I'm excited. I feel like, you know, that would be such a big thing. Like I look at it and I go, I want to go to Hogwarts. <laughs> you know, I want to go, I want to go. So maybe I, I, one day, maybe one I day. I recommend, yeah, definitely do it. It's, it's, it's amazing. It is, it is quite incredible. Yeah. I'm sure it's life-changing and it's, mm -hmm. and just being with like-minded people and, and also just being immersed in that for so yeah. long for those seven mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. um, so what would you say? I know that you mentor a lot of different um, mentor people now. Um, mm -hmm. What would you say is the struggles that you feel or one of the biggest struggles that you feel when, when uh, students come to you? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with our own fears around not being good enough or not being able to trust ourselves or trust spirit as much as we would we would want to so it's almost like the skills and the exercises and all that stuff is important but i actually think a lot of what is helpful in having a mentor or having somebody that's going to be coaching you is that there is a sense of being able to support and say, I know exactly how you feel in this moment. And here's what we can do. Like I've been there before. And so I'm very honest with my students. I do not act like I've never struggled or that, 
um, this is the easiest thing in the world. And it's just, you know, it's just, that's, it's just easy. Um, I will share the great moments, but I will also share the difficult ones. And I'll also share the things that, um, can happen, you know, because there's, there's so much that I think when you're on a development journey, which we all are always, you know, I think it's continuous. It doesn't stop. But when you're first starting out, especially it can feel very isolating at times, or you could feel as though you're the only one that has this fear, or you're the only one that feels this way about your mediumship, you know, like all, I think all mediums, if we're honest, we all just need a big hug because we're doing something that is so different and unique to really any other job you could ever think of. Like what is really similar to it? There's, there's <laughs> certain things, but I always equate it to maybe in a way, kind of like, you know, how like an improv stand-up comic goes on stage and they don't know what they're going to have to do. They don't know what they're going to have to say, but they have to deliver. You know, there's a, that's a pressure. Like I can't, you know, I can equate it sort of to that. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that I think you, you do need to have someone who understands it and who also is willing to say, yeah, like I have been there too. So I think it's, it's trust is, is difficult for people. And I think also just getting over, like you were touching on about the perfectionism, that's difficult. That's hard, but if you want to heal from perfectionism, definitely a mediumistic development journey would help you because you'll be forced to, you know, you'll be forced to look at like, okay, the, the goal is not perfection, but the goal is, you know, progress and also connection and authenticity. You know, those are the goals in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. And, and it's very, very true. You know, we have, it's a development, it's a journey and I love that you're honest with your students because I think that's so important to have a teacher and a mentor that's, that it's the facilitator can share the good and share the bad and share the ugly and share the amazing and wonderful because mm -hmm. that's the truth of the matter. And and not to rate yourself from like one reading to the next, right? I had a I have a teacher and I have it written in my book. It's like, I would write it down. I am a medium. I am a medium. I am a medium. <laughs> yeah. A lot of my students, I'll never forget. I made it write it a hundred times. And she was, she said, like, she always talks about that, how she felt like she was like, you know, at the blackboard, like as a kid, like writing her lines. But I'm like, no, you need to believe it. You need to claim it. You need to trust this. Yeah. It's true. Very yeah. true. <laughs> well, we could chat for hours. I love this conversation. I want to make sure that you share any and all offerings that you have and where people can find you. Sure. Sure. So I'm in the midst of revamping my website, but it is melissawhitemedium.com. And I do have an upcoming course that's starting in March and it's called The Enchanted Soul. And it's via Zoom. So anybody can, can join. It's accessible. And it's going to be looking at working with spirit in different ways, but also um, a healing aspect, you know, so there will be some uh, personal and, and spiritual soul development, you know, for individuals as well. And I do have a guest astrology teacher who's going to come and help us to learn how to decode our own birth chart, which I feel like is so fascinating. And uh, a guest teacher who's going to talk to us about mediumship and the tarot, you know, kind of blending the two modalities, which is so fun. And it's literally for anyone who feels like they want to be inspired and they want to work with spirit. So I have, um, I have, 
some people that have joined that are newer to their their development and there's a few others that have been with me for classes in the past many times so it's a good mix and I would say also you got like a one-on-one session with me in it so it does it is like a an opportunity to really look at your development so that one that one I would say is the that's the one that's upcoming and then um, also, yeah, I can one-on-one mentor and things like that. So there's different packages available, but, um, mostly the website and also seem to be more active on psychic media, Melissa White, the Facebook page. I do have an Instagram and stuff, but I am just literally learning how to use it now. Uh, so people can find me either of those places. I love it. And I'll put all the links in the show notes so that you can get to all of Melissa's offerings. And that sounds, I really do like that. I love the name and I, I love that offering that you have coming up in March. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. Pretty Thank exciting. you. Yeah. I think it'll, yeah. be, it'll be fun. So I'm looking forward to it. That's exciting. Well, thank you, Melissa, so much for for joining me today. It was truly a delightful conversation. Um, I know I just want to thank you for all the work that you do in this world and all the many hearts that you touch. Thank you so much. And I enjoy chatting with you so much. And I really feel as though it's such a comfort to know that um, there's someone else in the world doing this work with that same kind of intention. And so it could feel, it's just comforting to know that like, oh, I know Tina's out there doing it. And it's like, a, there's a kinship. So I really, I really appreciate what you do as well. Oh, beautiful. Well, thank you so much and have a beautiful day. You too.